Welcome, listeners and viewers. We are offering this episode in two locations. We will have this on the podcast, Crazy Enough to Win, and we will also be showing this video on YouTube on my show, Done is Better Than Perfect. So today I want to ask you a question. Is it time? Is it beyond time that we introduce a new sales model for professional salespeople? Is it time for something fresh? Is it time for something that, well, challenges the status quo in sales? So hang on, enjoy the ride. If you're listening and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do so so that you get updates when I release a new episode. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe, slam the bell so that when I upload new episodes, you will be reminded of that happening. So can we make a wolf persona mainstream in sales? Can we adopt traits from the wolf to be better in the game of sales? But before I answer that question, I want you to think about this. I, I've been pondering, should I, should I buy a Super Bowl ad to communicate my new wolf sales model to the world? Is that too big or too lofty a goal? I'm thinking I need to share the model and test interest with the world to answer these questions. So think of a new sales model like a virus. A virus must mutate to survive. And so sales models must adapt to the changing buyer. Think about this question. If the buyers are changing Will the old sales models still have as much efficacy? So just like in 2009, the financial crisis gave birth to the challenger sale model in 2011. And my goal is to use the 2020 pandemic to introduce the wolf sales model to the world in 2022. So you may not know this, but currently there are about 10 top sales models out there. And some you may have heard of, while others are more obscure to the non-sales community. And many hybrid models also exist within the white space between each model. So as an introduction to the wolf sales model, I'm going to explore two of these popular models so that you can see how I compare the wolf sales model to those popular models that are currently mainstream in the world of sales. But first, Let's talk about the wolf. Let's examine the wolf. Throughout history, the wolf gets depicted as the enemy, the big bad wolf. But in truth, the wolf is neither good nor bad. The wolf is precisely what thousands of years of genetic coding have created. And the mere fact that man has spent thousands of years breeding dogs from the base DNA of the wolf is important to consider. The wolf is not better nor worse than the lamb. I mean, we have two little bougie white poodles that you can see on my Instagram account, winning after 50. Those little boys are descendants of the wolf. So are all the other dogs that you love so much. So to say that wolves are inherently bad doesn't make sense. Now, 
to go deeper into this wolf species, they are candids, C-A-N-I-D-S, which groups more than 50 subspecies. So there are a lot of wolves out there. There are a lot of wolf species out there. And the great variety of subspecies is since their physical characteristics allow them to adapt to various ecosystems. And they have spread throughout the, well, almost the entire Northern hemisphere. Despite their resemblance and closeness to the dog, wolves are difficult to tame. And I'm going to tell you, wolf sales reps are difficult to tame as well. And although some individual wolves can live alone, most of these animals live in packs and maintain a hierarchical social structure. And as you know, they're great hunters, thanks to their sharp senses, the strength of their jaws, and the speed of their legs. And the weight of a wolf depends on the breed and its availability of food. So in the Northern hemisphere, as you go North, the bodies need to be larger in order to survive the cold environment. So wolves, the farther North you go, the more wolves tend to be bigger. It, in where I live, a derivative of the wolf, the coyote is a relatively small animal, typically running probably 40 pounds on the large end. So what are common wolf traits? I'm going to give you nine, and then I'm going to relate these traits to the wolf sales rep. So here's number one. You may not be surprised by some of these, but some you may. Wolves are fast. In order to catch prey, they have been bred to become fast. Wolves are adaptable to most habitats. You see wolves on almost, well, any, any major North American continent, you find derivatives of the wolf. Wolves have powerful senses. And I'm going to pick up on this a little bit later. And wolves typically live in groups known as packs. Now, this one you may not know. Generally, only the male and female leaders of the pack reproduce. That is to maintain genetic superiority. And wolf fur color adapts to the environment. White wolves tend to be where there's a lot of snow. And you may know this, wolves are communicators. Wolves have to communicate with each other. Wolves have different moods, including playful and affectionate. We think of this evil wolf, and well, it's also a playful and affectionate being. And remember number nine, wolves are ravenous and can eat up to 20 pounds at one time. Hold on to that. They're ravenous. So back to the sales models. I'm going to give you two of the really popular sales models. Some of these I teach, depending on what the customer wants. Not everybody is suited for the wolf sales model, and I'll talk about that in a few moments. But the challenger sale, the challenger sale model breaks sellers into five buckets. You have relationship builders. You have hard workers. You have lone wolves. You have reactive problem solvers, and then you have challengers. Instead of unraveling the needs and demands of the customers, the challenger sale model uses the framework of teaching, tailoring, and taking control of the buying journey. In other words, they challenge people so that people find value in using this approach. Now, the next model is called solution selling, and this is really popular. You may have heard this. And it's basically the idea that you should sell a solution rather than a product. And since released by Mike Bosworth in 1988, this has been the foundation for several other 
models and methodologies. And it was a reaction to the trend of vendors starting to sell solutions that were much more complicated than they had ever been before. And solution selling provides a deeper insight in today's mature and informed buyers, meaning that buyers are getting their information online and then approaching a sales rep. And this methodology has evolved on an extensive network of trainers that keep the method and pace it with, well, rapidly changing business climates. Now, what you came here for today, what you're listening to this podcast again, and what you're watching this video to understand, the Wolf sales model. This is brand new, folks. This is brand new. The Wolf sales model has a preference for hunters rather than relationship builders. So think about that. If you're looking to hire a sales rep, do you want a true bona fide hunter or do you want someone who is strong in building relationships? It's important to decide if this model is going to be effective for the type of product or service you you sell or if it's going to be right for the customers that you serve. And this model is geared towards new business acquisition and not geared towards relationships or customer service models. And in this model, there are four phases. And I think you'll like these. The first phase is the hunt. The second phase is the stalk. The third phase is the attack. And the fourth phase is the kill. I call this HSAC. Hunt, stalk, attack, kill. It's just, a, it's just an acronym to help make the model memorable. So the hunt is target identification. How do we look for the targets? We're hunting for targets. And I teach reps to create a finite list, a focused list, a written list, and a workable list. That's the hunt. We're looking for those targets. Now, the stock is prospecting. Now that we know the list we're going after, now we're going to prospect. And once you identify qualified prospects, a plan gets developed for engagement. How do we engage with those prospects? Now, the attack, the attack is the engagement. This is when you start to engage with a prospect. And this step includes qualification. Are they the right customer? Discovery, what do they need? What do they want? What problems are they trying to solve? And proposal delivery in person. I always recommend delivering the proposal in person if you can. At least deliver it via something like Zoom or Teams. But I do not endorse sending a proposal and hoping that you get a return call. The fourth step is the kill. The kill is closing or getting the deal inked. It's simply a contract. Now, the four parts of this model can get deployed by individuals or coordinated packs if you do account-based sales techniques. Upselling, cross-selling, on the other hand, are typically done by account managers or customer service professionals. So let me kind of explain that a little bit. The Wolf sales model is geared towards new business acquisition. And if you rely on selling and reselling to current customers, the Wolf model may not best fit your, well, your type of selling within your organization. So... Who is best suited to leverage this model? Who should be wolf hunters? What I've discovered in the last couple of years of research is that since engineers tend to be more rational than relational, technical-minded sales reps are an ideal population for the wolf model. 
Technicians tend to be most effective at the rigidity and repeatability of a skills-based approach. And instead of relying solely on instincts during the buying journey, Wolf sales reps rely on learned skills. For example, they use analytics to determine the best time to call a prospective buyer, or they develop skills to leave a well-crafted voicemail. Wolf sales reps are best for industries that move fast. If you're in an industry with long buying cycles, these are least suited to the Wolf model. In aggressive sectors such as engineering solutions for acute opportunities or challenges match the Wolf model for sales. Wolves tend to be impatient and derail deals that take years to close. If you have a long buying cycle that takes one or two years, this model may not be best for you. Now, wolf sales reps are adaptable to many different industries, such as energy, aerospace, or even bioengineering, which present complicated solutions to customer problems. In other words, a wolf can sell in various sectors with time to adapt and learn. Remember, they're smart. They're smart. And these sales reps tend to have good instincts when it comes to people. Remember, I mentioned instincts earlier. They use specific skills to detect buyer needs and then utilize this information to negotiate. They want to eat. Wolf sales reps dislike discounts as an indication of poor value clarification. If discounting is a problem, maybe you need to train your reps in some of the wolf techniques because they use calculated risks to move decision-making toward a close. Consider these reps as rational with a finely tuned instinct or sense of smell. Now, avoid the tendency to consider wolf reps for sales manager roles. It just doesn't work, people. I've seen several cases where wolves were promoted to manager and it failed miserably. Remember, they're hunters. Wolves are hunters, and they will do poorly in functions with, which prevent them from engaging with prospective buyers. They lack the patience to teach and coach other reps, which is essential in a coach or in a sales manager. And since wolves tend to be high achievers, they become frustrated and impatient with others who do not match them intellectually. And wolves tend to make and execute decisions quickly. One wolf sales rep in charge should lead the buyer along the journey in an account-based sale. So I'm not saying you can't use the wolf model in account-based sales, but there's one lead wolf. There's one leader of the pack. All other sales reps are subordinate to the leader of the pack. Now, wolf sales reps communicate with data and information mostly. In some cases, solutions can be a math problem to get solved. And this preoccupation with information can curse these reps with knowledge. In other words, they can know so much about what they're selling that they have a difficult time explaining it to others who might be interested in purchasing what they have to sell. It's the curse of knowledge. And they can have a difficult time translating abstract concepts into concrete examples. These reps, these wolf sales reps must learn to keep things simple so less sophisticated buyers remain engaged. Hmm. So how are wolf sales reps rewarded? Well, they are rewarded by achievement. They want to achieve and they tend to be highly competitive. 
They want to win so bad on their own terms. In fact, they want to win more than they want to make money. As natural closers, these reps must be reminded not to close too early and leave opportunities on the table. The phases, the hunt, the stalk, the attack, the kill are all skill-based. In other words, they have to learn a set of skills for each phase of the buying journey. And they learn skills that are repeatable after success and failure. You know, they A, B test things. This didn't work, so I'll try B. If A doesn't work, I'll do B. They adapt from every failure by attempting to do something differently. If one strategy fails, they will try another, then another. They're, well, they're ravenous. Remember, wolves are ravenous. When something new works, they're going to remember it. And they're going to remember the utility of the skill they applied to do it again in the future. So I want to say this as carefully and as clearly as I can. This wolf model is certainly not for all sales reps across the business landscape. It can be called too aggressive for some markets and industries because wolf's sales reps struggle in highly creative, highly political, or highly emotional areas that challenge rational thinking. If you're in, a, uh, in an industry that's highly creative, the wolf sales rep may not be the best for you. If you're in a very emotional uh, industry where people are buying based on emotions, the wolf may not be best for you. But this model does apply to mainstream sales thinking. It's not a niche selling strategy and maintains broad application in the business development world. And yes, it is not for everyone who decides that they want to be in sales. It does apply to both B2B, which is business to business, and business to consumer sales, B2C. And the four-step framework applies consistently to selling engineering solutions, something complicated, or something simple like large screen televisions. This model is adaptable to Main Street. This is a mainstream model. Just like the others I mentioned, this is not an ancillary model. This is a deliberate mainstream model for sales for the right people with the right temperament in the right industry. So back to the question, should I buy an ad at the Super Bowl? I hope you know I was joking. I'm going to pass on this expensive advertisement this year. It's far above my budget. But in the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, Leonardo DiCaprio played a true-to-life character called Jordan Belfort. And I'm sure Hollywood glorified and exaggerated the story as unethical or sensational to capture the attention for the world of sales. You know, there's some good sales models out there. I do not endorse the, the behavior depicted in the movie. I'm not saying we need to be like Jordan Belfort or the character played by Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm not supporting that at all. I'm afraid, though, I have to disagree with the negative description of the wolf. These animals have far more excellent characteristics for nature than humanity has admitted for generations. As predators, they must learn to hunt to survive. And unless killed during the hunt, think about this, unless killed during a hunt, Every wolf is doomed to the painful death of disease or starvation. 
don't don't hate a wolf for being a wolf. Don't hate the wolf sales rep for being who she is because wolves want to eat. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, whether you're getting this on YouTube, on my video platform, or you're listening to this on my podcast. I want you to know that I am just humbled by the support that I'm getting, especially in the podcasting world. You know, you give me the most precious gift one human can give another, and that's your time. Just for doing that, I want to give you a gift. If you will go to johngrubs.com, that's J-O-H-N-G-R-U-B-B-S.com. That's my homepage. You can download a free copy of one of my books. It's a book that sells for 20 bucks on Amazon. I will give you that book for being a loyal listener and a loyal watcher of this channel. I give that book to people who give me the most precious gift one human can give another, and that's time. I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to leave a comment, make a suggestion. If you have a topic that you want me to dig deeper into, I would love to hear from you. I respond to people when they reach out to me. If you have a topic that you want me to cover, if there's something about this wolf model that you want me to go deeper into, I will do that for you. You know, this podcast, this YouTube channel is made for the ability to serve people, to give people information that helps make them better in life. And if you're crazy enough to follow my podcast, if you're crazy enough to watch my videos and share them with people in your network, I think there are far more wolves out there in sales than we like to admit. And there's nothing wrong with loving the hunt. There's nothing wrong with loving the kill. A wolf is not evil because she eats. She eats to survive. She eats to feed her baby. She eats to keep her bloodline going. This podcast, this video is for people who are crazy enough to win. This podcast, this video is for people who realize that done is better than perfect. Until next time.